It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. It's time to cross over once again today as we chat about the Indianapolis Colts and Washington Commanders. But it's not Matt Ryan versus Carson Wentz that we're going to be seeing on Sunday. What's up with that? Well, let's get to it. You are Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you all for tuning in and making us your number one listen of the day. This is your daily podcast covering your Indianapolis Colts and Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Crossover Thursday is presented by our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is so much fun and it's easy to play. There's no competing with other players. It's just you versus the projections that are available. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. This is Jake Arthur alongside David Harrison, who covers both the Commanders and Tampa Bay Buccaneers for us here at the Locked On Podcast Network. And he also tackles both teams for Fan Nation as well, just like Zach and I do, you know, doing doing some double dipping. Yeah. Uh, David is actually another longtime friend that I, yeah, I've i got here. And, man, we first crossed paths about 10 years ago over at Pro Football yeah. Spot. And David's honestly the reason I'm here at Locked On, to be honest with you guys. So it's <laughs> it's good to be with you, brother. Absolutely, man. I've been looking for it ever since the schedule came out. I was like, you know, you know players <laughs> – Players circle dates on the calendar for other reasons. I circle dates on the calendar because not only do it did I know is like I get to do this crossover, but I'm also making the uh, the trip to Indianapolis. My first mm-hmm. trip actually to see an NFL game. Like I've been there for combines, but now I get to actually cover an NFL game in Lucas Oil, which is the whole purpose of it existing in the first place. So it'll be nice right. to be able to do that finally. Yeah, of course, a good sports town to uh, to be in. And I met your buddy James Yarcho from from the Bucks uh, when when he was out here earlier for yeah. preseason. Uh, but yeah, so today we're going to just totally digest Colts and Commanders in this week eight matchup and the wackiness that it truly is. Like when the season began, I don't think any of us thought this was what it's going to look like. But sure enough, David, I will roll out the guest carpet for you. Uh, what What's the biggest storyline you're looking at from a commander standpoint? Uh, it's it's Taylor Heineke, right? And, and I mean, I know it's quarterback driven league, you know, it's a passing league. So we all know all that stuff. But Taylor Heineke specifically with this team, not just because he plays quarterback, but because of what he kind of embodies within the roster and within the fan base. Like this fan base, no matter who the starting quarterback is, to be quite honest with you, as long as Taylor Heineke is the backup, there's always going to be kind of this below the surface simmering desire for the fans to see number four take the field because he's just he's such a fighter. You know, he, he kind of embodies the underdog kind of mentality. I think when you talk about football, that's kind of what football fans really love seeing is not just the competitiveness, but the thrill of victory and the fact that anything can happen any given Sunday is a cliche for a reason. And Taylor is kind of the quintessential any given Sunday guy. Yeah, um, honestly, it's it's very eerie, similar circumstances for the Colts because Sam Allinger is now the quarterback that we're seeing. Uh, again, great story, just like with Heineke. 
uh, coming out of Texas, sixth round pick, uh, had some tragedy going on. You know, several years ago, his father passed. Yeah. And then it was like a day or so after he was drafted by the Colts, his brother passed away as well. Mm. Uh, he earned the backup role as a rookie last year, backup quarterback behind Carson Wentz. And now uh, this year worked his way from third behind Nick Foles and Matt Ryan to backup. And now eight weeks in midway through the season, he's the starter. Uh, probably a little nudge from ownership to, to help that come <laughs> along. But honestly, yeah. just looking at how he played in, especially this preseason, like he was really, really good this preseason. Uh, but honestly, it kind of meshes with how poorly the Colts offense has been, or at least how inconsistent uh, because the offensive line has just been, it's just had so many holes, very leaky, free rushers coming all the time. And honestly, that's how the Colts offense was in the preseason. You, you know, you don't expect an offensive line to do well during the preseason. Uh, but under constant duress, he took sacks, but he's a very mobile guy. He's able to extend those plays, keep keep the play alive, and then find something downfield and make big plays. You know, it's a story of two backup backups, basically, <laughs> at some mm -hmm. point that we're going to be seeing. And honestly, it, it may it may be cause for a more exciting game initially yeah. than Carson Wentz versus Matt Ryan might've been. Yeah. I mean, honestly, there's, there's a school of thought here in Washington that, you know, you'd almost rather go against Matt Ryan. I mean, you know, most, most interceptions in the NFL, most sacks in the NFL, most fumbles in the mm -hmm. NFL, I think tied for most sacks are being sacked the most, obviously in the, in the national football league. Like that's the kind of trend you want to go up against if you're an opponent, yeah. not bringing in the new guy who is drawing Taylor Heineke uh, comparisons, like you said, but, you know, I think as long as this, as long as they get what they got out of Taylor uh, last week against Green Bay Packers, this team feels like they should be fine because you want that second half Heineke. So first half Heineke was only 7 for 17, had the one touchdown, the pick six. Second half, though, he's 13 for 16, 161 of his 201 yards and another touchdown. And in the second half, Jake, Heineke got the commander's offense into scoring position on 75% of their possessions. First half, it was 43, which honestly, anything around 50, I think you're okay with, but 75%, obviously much better, and you don't give mm -hmm. away a drive that ends in an opponent score. So that's really all the difference. And we saw some wrinkles in the second half against the Packers that we didn't see in the first half. I asked Taylor about that on Wednesday, uh, and he mentioned that's a little bit of Scott Turner, the offense coordinator, catering to what he does best, but also it's a little bit of him being with Scott Turner for so long. Even though they're going to their backup quarterback, they're actually able to unlock more of their playbook than they had with Carson Wentz because Heineke knows it so much better. Absolutely. And that's, that's again, kind of similar with Sam Ellinger. He's been a sponge. You know, if, if he wasn't ready to play physically in either of these last two years, they at least knew he was going to know this system. I, I think the biggest thing is going to be what does the offense look like with a totally different style of quarterback. Uh, the Colts have been looking for more diversity in their passing game and for the run game to open up. I think it creates both opportunities. Uh, for the passing game, it shouldn't just be dink and dunk. Like, I think yeah. that will happen. Uh, he's going to find the, those shorter routes. But he's shown himself to be a little more aggressive in finding guys downfield, especially when those plays break down. And then as for the run game, it opens up those RPO opportunities a lot more than someone like Matt Ryan could do. And, you know, Jonathan Taylor has yet to really have that Jonathan Taylor moment this year. He had a big game in week one, but nothing much since then. This could help that a lot. You know, the, the RPO, just get things back to where it was last year with Carson Wentz. And maybe that brings out a, another comfort level with Jonathan Taylor. Schematically, if you get things back to how it was last year, maybe Ellinger can help them with that. We'll see. But that, it could it could make things better for the offense. It's It remains to be seen.
Absolutely. Uh, Getting more athletic yeah. never hurt, right? As long as you use it the right way. Exactly, exactly. Uh, before we move on and talk about the biggest matchups that we're going to be keeping our eye on, I want to let you guys know about one of my favorite sponsors, Bird Dogs. Fellas, Bird Dogs just launched sweatpants. It is absolutely sweatpants season. I'm wearing some right now. Uh, they're crazy comfy. It's like you're wearing pillows on your legs. It is fall golf season after all as well. So while you may not play like Tiger, you'll feel just as good. Or Shooter McGavin. I don't know about you fellow golfers, but if you're not putting up the shooter after every putt made, I don't know. Bird Dog's joggers are also a higher quality than Lululemon and they're 20 bucks less. What are we talking about here? Go buy some Bird Dogs. Are you the guy that still wears shorts in the winter? It doesn't matter if it's that 90 degree Florida heat or it's a freaking wind chill of 10 degrees in Chicago. They have their signature shorts with the built-in liners ready for you. They're the most comfortable shorts in existence. Go to birddogs.com and enter promo code locked on and they'll throw in a free bird dogs rope hat. That's birddogs.com, promo code locked on, and boom, a free bird dogs rope hat with your pair of bird dogs. They're the most comfortable shorts, pants, and sweatpants with built in liners. You will not take these things off, I promise you. Next up, whether you're looking to pop the question, you have a milestone to celebrate, or you want to let your love sparkle. Blue Nile can help you make your celebrations even more memorable. As the original online jeweler, Blue Nile offers the largest selection of independently graded diamonds and pieces priced significantly below traditional retailers. Blue Nile has helped millions of couples create their perfect engagement ring. Their easy tools let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as the setting style. Shop stress-free with Blue Nile's 100% satisfaction guarantee. And they also offer overnight shipping if you're in a rush. You guys, don't tell my wife, but I've actually been looking for the specific piece that I know she wants, and Blue Nile was an easy idea for a great first stop. Make your moment sparkle with Blue Nile. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code Locked On to save $50 on your purchase of $500 or more. That's B-L-U-E-N-I-L-E.com, code Locked On, to save $50 on your purchase of $500 or more. BlueNile.com, code Locked On. All right, then. so we're looking at specific matchups now, just beyond the, the storylines. For me, one area I'm hoping that Sam Ellinger kind of gets the Colts rolling in and gets more consistently is the tight end usage. I mean, we've seen that these guys can be really dangerous. Uh, week four in their first matchup with the Titans, the Colts tight ends is, as a group had the most productive day of any tight end group in the NFL in, in the season to date. But on a week-to-week basis, you just never know if any of these guys are going to have 15 receiving yards. So one thing I wanted to ask you about is what is Washington's middle of the field like? Like, how do they play against tight ends? Yeah, so when you look over the middle of the field, you're really looking at linebacker Cole Holcomb and their Buffalo nickel Derek Forrest. In their base package, you know, they run, what you, you know, 4-3 is what you would call it, but they don't have three linebackers on the field. They have that hybrid safety linebacker Derek Forrest. But they'll also drop Cam Curl into the box, depending on the matchups and the looks they're getting from the offense, and let Derek uh, play the the more traditional kind of higher up, uh, still strong safety type of you know higher up in the formation. So it's really going to be dependent on how Jack Del Rio wants to attack uh, the Colts' offense, and then once they look at what the Colts' offense is doing, how they want to adjust moving forward. And then Jamin Davis is starting to become more of a kind of a roamer, click and close on the screen, you know, set the edge on on the outside run, try to sack the quarterback type of deal. I think that fits his his skill set a little bit more. Think about Cole Holcomb, though, as he missed practice on Wednesday uh, with an injury. That's going to be a concern because not only is Cole 
that type of player, but he's also uh, one of the team captains of the defense and a guy who's really been growing into his role as well. Yeah, it sounds like the Colts' tight end size could be a, a little advantage there then because between Mo Ali Cox and, and Jelani Woods, they've got basketball size. Woods 6'7", Mo Ali Cox 6'5". So hopefully that's that's an area that the Colts can get rolling again. Uh, what, what's something that you kind of thought looking at the Colts roster you might be yeah. interested in looking at for the Commanders? Yeah, it's going to be the commander's running game versus the Colts run defense. And I know that there's some conversation that, you know, maybe the Colts run defense isn't the greatest in the league. So the commanders could possibly get some some ground there. I'm not even so much worried about exactly how much they do against the Colts run defense. That might sound kind of weird. Uh, so last last week, the Washington commanders were 50 percent run, 49 percent pass, which is pretty balanced. But to be honest with you. Going back through their four-game win streak last year uh, during the middle of part of the season with Taylor Heineke, quarterback, they were much more run-heavy. And that's kind of how Scott Turner, I think, would like to do it. And if it wasn't for the fact that the commanders came into the second half trailing the Packers, I think you would have seen that more, that approach earlier on in the game. Even still, by the end of it all, Brian Robinson, the rookie running back, who's really still kind of – this is his fourth game back. So this is kind of like his last preseason opportunity from the old-school preseason guys that remember the full four games. So he's still kind of getting up to full speed, uh, obviously looking pretty good. But he's had, he had 20 carries last week, 73 yards. Antonio Gibson chipped in 10 more carries for 59 yards, which, you know, three, three, 30 carries, 160 or so yards is a good stat line, not an explosive stat line necessarily. But each running back had carries for 20 yards or more. And that's, that's really kind of where the key is, is. They like to kind of hit you with those jabs and the body blows and then try to get the big one. And then when you're stacking the box to run it or to stop the run, that's where they hit you with the play action and hit a guy either running free like Curtis Samuel or they try to take that deep shot to Terry McLaurin like they did last year on or last week on Jair Alexander. Yeah, I was wondering I was wondering how that transpired, kind of how I heard things when you know, Heineke start out slow and that that McLaurin dagger was just really something else. All right. So another area I was curious about Ellinger capitalizing on is during these preseason games, he showed that. He does like these big Colts outside receivers. Uh, during the preseason, it was primarily Mike Strawn and Desmond Patman. He loved going to those guys. It was another thing where the plays broke down. He loved finding them downfield and util- utilizing their size in those matchups. Mm-hmm. And so now during the regular season, that's Michael Pittman Jr. and Alec Pierce. Uh, Pittman Jr. hasn't really been used downfield as much as he was with Carson Wentz. Carson really liked to find him anywhere on the field. Alec Pierce has been a chunk play, a big play receiver. So yeah. uh, curious as to how Washington's boundary corners are able to play against those guys who have clear size matchups typically. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, two of my favorite receivers coming on their respective drafts. I mean, I, I, I wanted either team I covered to take either one of those guys and they end up both in Indianapolis. So I'm going to be I'm looking forward to seeing them in person uh, for the first time as, as NFL players. And I think. It really might. The question for me is going to be: Can Benjamin St. Juice still, you know, maintain the consistent play uh, that he's been playing at, or the level that he's been playing at? And I think it's almost starting to feel a little disrespectful, to be quite honest with you. So Benjamin St. Juice in his second year out of Minnesota was an outside corner last year, kind of a depth outside perimeter defender, but had a lot of concussions or you know three concussions in his rookie season that kind of held him out. Coming into this year, they wanted to make him their nickel move him inside. He was doing okay, adequate, right? He was doing, he was holding his own, but William Jackson, the third, uh, who they signed away from the Cincinnati Bengals uh, two years ago was really struggling. So he has since been benched. Like let's, you know, you don't have to color it any, any other way. He's been benched. Benjamin St. Juice moves outside. Rashad wild goose moves into the nickel and Benjamin St. Juice has been locked down. I mean, he's, he's given up some plays and all that, but he's been one of the better uh, cornerbacks, I think in the league since he's made that transition and a lot of people aren't really talking about it. So 
the more he plays, the more consistently he plays, the better you kind of feel about him. But I still kind of wonder if there's just going to be that game that young guys tend to have where there's just one game where they just get got. And and like you said, Alec Pearson and, and Michael Pittman Jr., they both kind of bring equal potential, just separate styles. And if the Colts mm-hmm. can find one of those styles that works against Ben uh, more than the other, then it could be a long day for him. And then on the other side, I look at Kendall Fuller, who is much more of a zone type of corner, not really very physical, doesn't have a lot of imposing physical traits. And I think, you know, I, I'm worried about Alec Pierce running right by him or, or hitting him on a double move and burning him. I'm also worried, worried about Michael Pittman Jr. just bodying him. Um, but at the same time, we've seen Kendall Fuller get bodied by Devontae Smith. So, you know, if Devontae Smith with his small stature yeah. can body him, yeah. it's, you know, it, it could be a lot of things. What was really weird to me last week, Jake, is that Aaron Rodgers only targeted uh, the two commanders perimeter defenders in, in less than a quarter of his passes. Taylor Heineke targeted Jair Alexander and Eric Stokes, two of what is considered the better cornerbacks in this mm-hmm. league on 33% of his attempts. One quarterback won, the other quarterback didn't. So I wonder if the Colts are looking at that and saying, you know what, this is a six-round quarterback here. Like, let's be honest. If Sam goes out there and struggles a little bit, it's not like the world is going to be falling down around him, right? If people are going to be, okay, he's a six-round pick, second year, first start, da, da, da. give him a ton of, of credit. So there's really not a reason to not be aggressive. And I'm a little bit concerned that if they're aggressive early towards Kendall Fuller, and these receivers start winning some of this stuff against them, that things could go downhill very quickly for the captain of the cornerbacks over there. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that could be that could be where the Colts find uh, their, their biggest payday there. Yeah, I, I do think it's a good opportunity to just let it rip. We actually talked about that on, on our latest episode is what do you have to lose with letting this sixth round yeah, quarterback exactly. just like let it fly? You know, Alec Pierce and Michael Pittman Jr. arguably both of their best traits in one-on-one matchups is the ability to win 50-50 balls. So it sounds yeah. like that is a pretty good opportunity if that's something the coaches have identified. Uh, is there any other areas that you were looking at? Yeah, for me, I mean, the front four pass rush versus the Colts offensive line, and this bleeds into exactly what you were just talking about. You know this, every every person that watches football religiously knows this. The better pass rush you can get with your organic uh, guys on the front line, the better off you're going to be in pass defense. So if if Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat, and the rotation at the other defensive end spot, James Smith Williams, uh, you know whoever is going to be playing in there in, in that rotation can get pressure on Ellinger, making get out of the ball, maybe get the ball out sooner than he wants to, so you can't take advantage of some of those downfield potential opportunities. Help stop Jonathan Taylor and whoever else is contributing in the run game early. Then it frees up those linebackers, it frees up those corners and safeties to not have to provide that front line support and play better in coverage. And, uh, you know, that's uh, that's what every defense wants. So, but for this one specifically with this matchup, I think you need it a little bit more than you do in some other weeks. Yeah, I'm quite confident in the abilities of Washington's defensive front to make at least a couple things happen in this matchup. Yeah, a lot of people are, but you know, yeah. hey, man, yeah. you know, like we said, right? Any given Sunday, I'll say it like a fourth time today, I'll say it. For episode. sure. I, I mean, the, the Colts offensive line has really only had like one solid performance. And even that, it was, they were like at an average level. So I would be so very surprised if, if Washington didn't get the check mark on that one. Okay. All right. So we're going to put our bow on things here shortly. But before we do so, let's tell you about the best dang home security company out there. Simply safe. All right. Here's a sports analogy for you guys. When it comes to burglars, your home is like the end zone. And you need the absolute strongest defense that you can muster. This is why I use and trust Simply Safe Home Security. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. It's cutting edge technology powered by 24 7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. So you always know your home is safe. Using the phone to control the system and check cameras and all that good stuff. And honestly, that's just so clutch for me. 
especially with how much time I've had to spend away from the house lately. You know, I just got back from vacation as well. You want to keep an eye on your house. With 24-7 professional monitoring, Simply Safe's agents call you the moment a threat is detected and dispatch police or first responders in an emergency, even if you're not at home or can't be reached. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on NFL. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on NFL to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, Dave. Moment has... The moment is here. It is time to figure out who's going to win this game. I don't know about you, but I just, I truly don't know either way, but I will give you, I will give you the floor and tell us what you think the score is going to be. Yeah. You know, I, I've made a habit this season of, if I think it's going to be close, I go with the commanders just because, you know, they're the team I see every day. I see the work they're putting in. I see the potential because mm-hmm. you can see what they're trying to work on, trying to do. So it's easier to kind of feel confident uh, in that angle. Obviously I'm sure it's the same way with the Colts. Um, three point spread. The Colts are favored right now, which, you know, typically the home team gets a field goal. So really the bookmakers kind of telling you it's a push, but we're going to get the Colts benefit of the doubt because uh, they're home. And I think it's kind of a smart way to do it because, you know, Sam's making his first start. Taylor is kind of a, a box of chocolates because you never know what you're going to get from a drive to drive uh, perspective. And honestly, Taylor's on the injury report right now. Now he was a full participant and Jack Del Rio was asked about, you know, whether or not. Uh, there's any concern about him starting. He kind of brushed it off and was like, he practiced, he's out there. There's nothing else to say, which of course that's, you know, that's what you're going to get. Um, but you know, this thing could be interesting. I'm, I'm cur- curious to see how this line moves over the week because commanders fans are feeling a little confident about this matchup and it might be a little bit of underselling on Ellinger, but like if a lot of people start betting Washington, you know how the bookmakers go, they're going to start raising those. You're, they're going to start shifting that line a little bit to, to make up for those bets that are coming in. Um, I do have the commanders winning though. I got 27 to 20. Uh, it, so I, I've got the commanders, you know, uh, take the points, don't take the points, whatever you want. The commander's going to win outright. That's the way I see it. My biggest thing, honestly, Jake, and, and this is going to be a little unfair from me towards Ellinger because I haven't seen him since the senior bowl, right? Like I know he played in the preseason, but I don't evaluate the Colts, especially in preseason. He had that really long windup coming out of Texas. And I just look at a, a potentially suspect offensive line, a defensive line that's really getting after the quarterback, plus a long windup. Typically, you're leading the sacks, you're leading the strip strip sacks, and you're just leading to a lot of problems. Now, I'm sure the Colts, you know, Frank Wright, especially as that coach, they've tried to coach that out of them. I just wonder if the bullets start flying faster and, and, and for real, if those old habits don't creep back up. Yeah, I have noticed mechanically, I think he has, I think he's pulled in that arm a little bit and his release yeah. does seem quicker than it did as a rookie. Cause I know exactly what you're talking about with that long release and that can be definitely problematic. Yeah. Uh, so for me, I definitely have it as more of a lower scoring affair. The Colts defense is a pretty good unit. And as long as there's not a pick six or the offense isn't just gifting the opponent points, the Colts can usually hold hold them low. So I have the Colts winning 14 to 10. 
Uh, I guess kind of a snoozer for the the normal viewer in this one. Uh, I I don't really want to give Sam 20 points yet because I just don't know what it's going to look like. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, they have Jonathan Taylor. They have guys for him to throw to. I'll, I'll give them a couple touchdowns. And I think the defense will step up and, and hold firm. They honestly, they did pretty well against Tennessee last week, but the offense just kept giving them, they just kept putting the defense in, in, in opportune situations. Yeah. And ultimately Tennessee broke through Derrick Henry racked up his yards like he does. Um, but as long as Sam and the Colts offense, isn't just totally screwing over the defense, I do think they will hold firm. I'll give them, I'll give them a close win 14 to 10. Again, I, I just want to see what Sam can do in these situations that seem logical. Big outside receivers, athletic, big tight ends. You have this run game. You can use the RPOs. So that's that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I mean, yeah. if, if it is a little bit of a snooze fest for those watching the game, at least I think you could be satisfied knowing that both of these teams are in the top half of the league in time of possession, which usually indicates that they like to run the ball which usually mm-hmm. means you're shortening the game. So it might be a little yeah. <laughs> bit of a boring game, but also it might be a little bit of a shorter game because of it. But look, last week, the Commanders and Packers had a nearly two-hour first half due to some officiating issues, some reviews. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a very, very long first half of football. So as long as we don't get that, I think everybody will be okay. Yeah, no kidding. I mean... The game could be as long as it wants, whether it's overtime, whatever. But officiate, officiating stuff is yeah. something the Colts Colts fans don't want to see rear its head again this week. So, in summation, it's Sam Allinger versus Tyler Haneke time. I mean, what is this new Colts offense going to look like with Allinger? What's the run game going to look like? Is he just going to dink and dunk to death? Or is he going to be the aggressive guy we saw in the preseason? Yeah. Uh, matchup-wise, really interested in seeing the the Colts size and whether or not that makes any difference against Washington's defense, which it sounds like, you know, from, if, if I'm reading from what David is saying, you know, the Colts could have the advantage there in a couple areas. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, something I, I hadn't added yet, but the Colts defensive ends got to break through a little bit. They got to put some pressure on, on Haneke cause he's another guy that can, that can move around a little bit. Ultimately Colts 14 commanders 10 for me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's a matchup of two quarterbacks that not a lot of people know of. I think more know of Taylor Heineke mainly because of that playoff performance and, and all that stuff. But uh, I think a lot of people know about that. But yeah, it's gonna it's gonna come down to honestly which defense can frustrate and stifle which other quarterback, inexperienced quarterback, relatively speaking, the most, and especially I think early on. And then um, you know, can Washington lean on their run game and can they keep it? a game situation where you're allowed to lean on the run game with the Colts. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody wants to start fast, but in this game, especially the faster you start on either side of the ball, the more you force that quarterback to to throw the ball, the better it works for your angle. And uh, you know, it's, it's supposed to be a close one. I've got the commanders 27, 20. Um, You know, we'll, we'll see a relatively low score on either side. Usually 25, 26 is kind of the expectation for many Mm -hmm. team, but this, the season has been weird, man. So, I mean, I can see your score prediction coming true just as much as I can see mine. Yeah, it's going to be a fun one, no doubt. Honestly, I'm looking forward to this one more now than if it would have been Matt Ryan versus Carson Wentz. Because yeah, like that, it honestly that might be more entertaining. Seems, yeah, that see, that just seems like sloppy chaos, where I feel like this matchup could be like big play. It's going to be chaotic, I think, still. Yeah. But like yeah. it could be fun and big play chaotic. So yeah. I think that's it for us today, everyone. <laughs> Zach and I will be back with you on Friday. Also, make sure you guys check out uh, David there. Uh, we're all, we're all going to give you our final thoughts on Anders. 
Follow at dharrison82 on Twitter, as well as at LO Commanders and LO Bucks for all of David's content there, uh, as well as at JakeArthurNFL, at ZachHicks2, and at LockedOnColts on Twitter. Also, subscribe to both shows on YouTube and wherever you listen to podcasts. And then thanks again for making Locked On Colts and Locked On Commanders your first listen every day, everybody. Uh, for your second listen now, check out Locked On Sports Today. Uh, let's see. From games that matter most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights that only the Locked On Podcast Network can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you tomorrow. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.